Thanks for joining another Scotty Knows Podcast. And today's episode is all about dad. For me, Father's Day was always about coach, right? For the longest time, I'd always say, um, this is coach's day. As long as he's here, it's coach's day. And I was wrong about that. I was wrong for a couple of reasons. One, because now that he's no longer with us, this day means even more. Um, Because, you know, all you can do is remember how amazing a father he was. Um, And secondly, because there's nothing I love more than being a dad. So, you know, I use the day to reflect on and look at my children and and be as proud as I could possibly be of all of them. Um, so while I said it's coach's day, I, I think I minimized um, the feelings I have as a father myself. So while it absolutely is all about coach for me, it's not only about coach for me. Um, it's about my boys who have all become fathers themselves, um, which makes me even more proud to look at. So we've come to that realization or revelation. Um, so first I want to touch upon Father's Day as a son and talk about my dad for a minute. Um, because everything that I am as a father started with him being my father and teaching me what a father was supposed to do, what a father was supposed to be like. Um, he checked all the boxes for me of what a father is supposed to be, right? You're supposed to spend time. You're supposed to be kind. You're supposed to be loving. You're supposed to be respectful of all relationships that are in the house, right? You you can't be a great dad and be disrespectful to mom. You can't be a great dad and be disrespectful to the kids. Um, none of that ever happened in my house. It was always all love, all respect, all the time. Um, so you really can't um, minimize the value of that alone. Um, because I've seen, as a coach, I've seen parents fighting at the fields even, and the reaction of the child to that, as well as, you know, going over your friend's house or whatever. You see it. You see the body language um, when things go sideways there. Um, secondly, you, you know, there's the... Um, allowing me to be myself, right? So I think one of the most important things as a father is not to try to uh, direct a child to be something that they're not wanting to be or don't want to be. I know that that's kind of tough at times because there's the blueprint, right, of success that's supposed to be followed, and it's hard 
when your child doesn't want to follow that blueprint. You know, it's, you know, do well in school, go to college, get a good job. You know, not everybody's built that way. Not everybody's cut to be that way. Um, so the ability to allow your child to choose a path is huge. Um, and I think the biggest, the biggest thing that a father has to do or, or goal is to put your child in a position to be successful, a position to win, regardless of whatever it is, right? If your child says they want to be a singer, then you want to try to put your child in a position to be successful there and do that. Um, so on that note, I go to uh, a conversation that was out on my back porch with my wife, Sheeta and Levon a couple of weeks ago. Um, my wife is uh, embarking on being a life coach and she was talking about the inner voice that is negative that people have, right? The voice that tells you that you're not good enough to do something or it's the negative voice in everybody's head. And she was like, she believes that if you name your voice and she named hers Maggie, um, that if you name your voice, that you have more power over it because you can tell Maggie to shut up. <laughs> um, and you can control it because you, you recognize the voice and you can control it. And Levon was saying that he agreed, kind of agreed with that. And yeah, that made sense. And then they both looked at me and I made the statement that I really didn't have that voice. Um, or at least the voice never got loud enough to uh, affect me in that way. I would, I would never hear it. It wasn't loud enough to be heard in me. And Levon started laughing and he's like, oh, dad out here telling us he the shit. And I started laughing and I'm like, that's not what I'm saying. But that's what my inner voice tells me. Um, and I attributed that to um, the fact that I had uh, been successful as an athlete, like um, in multiple sports, I I was always pretty successful in in all of those head-to-head -head competitions, um, and so that develops a swagger, I believe, about yourself. And I attributed that to that, that night when we were talking about it. I was like, yeah, yeah as, as soon as I was able to see the ball up in the air and know I was the one coming down with it, or when I came up to bat with, you know, in a key situation, I knew I was getting a hit. You know, that inner voice, I didn't hear from it ever again. Uh, but I did some more reflecting over a couple of days because I wanted to dig deeper into that, right? So um, while I 
did that digging, I, I realized right, that, you know, it's really my parents and we're, you know, I, I say it's my parents and, but we're talking about Father's Day. So we're going to focus on coach, but it is definitely a, my parents thing. Um, they always put me in positions to succeed. Um, I never failed at anything because I didn't have the tools to succeed. Um, anything that I wasn't successful at, it was my own apathy towards that prevented me from being successful. Um, my parents always put me in a position to succeed. And I realized that, yes, the sports swagger was the um, outer curtains, the pretty, the pretty thing that allowed me to draw from quickly. Um, it was the fact that my parents always put me in the best position possible to win that allowed me to not have that voice. I didn't. I didn't run into any adversity in life um, because of anything other than my own doing. And I know that I am super, super fortunate and super lucky. And, and I could just look to my wife to see the things that she had to overcome um, in her life to know how lucky I am. Um, aside from all the other things that you run into on a daily basis, the people you run into and the things you see on the news and all of these other things. Um, I understand that I am totally lucky in that respect. I said, and there's one other piece to this that I feel, um, and I want to, that I want to acknowledge because I feel I have to. Um, aside from my parents being amazing and sports teams, my my superpower, I believe everybody's got a superpower. One thing they do, it's not necessarily a superpower, but it's one thing that they're really good at. My superpower is that I read people pretty quickly. I am like 99% right the first time I meet somebody on whether they're a good person or somebody cool to be around with that's going to bring value to my life or not. Like I can tell immediately. Um, and this has allowed me to collect what I believe the greatest collection of friends in the history of friends. I will put my inner circle, which is pretty big at this point, up against anybody's inner circle. Um, and I'm not going to name names because there's a lot of names in there and I don't want to hurt it if I forget one because I'm not taking a full... Because a full inventory is deep. But just know uh, that I appreciate every one of y'all. I've got friends... For anything that might come up, I've got the perfect friend to help me fight that. Um, and it's an amazing feeling 
to know that because I've collected some of the greatest human beings around. Um, and if you're listening to this, most likely you're one of them. So thank you. Um, and know that I do appreciate that. So yes, my confidence in just about anything I do comes from the fact that I know I've got somebody that if I start to struggle has always got my back in that. So moving forward to that, as a father myself, I have always, always tried to make note that the most important thing is right to put my kids in a position to win, to allow them to be who they are and to help them be successful in that venture. Um, when I first met my wife, the two boys, Aaron and Ali, were three and six. Um, and I was very, well, I wasn't very young still, but I was emotionally very young still. And I was living my best life. I was out doing karaoke shows and I was the general manager of a karaoke company. So I'd sleep all day and work all, work at night. And um, I was having a good old time. Um, so being a father was the last thing on my mind at that point. Um, however, when you meet your person, and this goes to my superpower, when I met that person, um, I knew that, all right, if I want to be with her, then I got to dig down and I got to figure out how to be a dad too. Um, so we went through... <laughs> We went through some times, you know, early on, Ali was was fine. He was all about it because he was the older one and he was playing video games and we'd play video games and we'd have fun and it was all good. Aaron was the youngest. And like I said, he had just turned three when we met. Um, and he saw me as a person that was standing between him and his mom time. Um, so he would try me over and over and over again. And early on, I struggled with that um, relationship because I had no prior experience. So because I had no prior experience, I was kind of just trying to wing in it. And um, we had to work our way through some things, Aaron and I, but we did. Um, and these two boys have been amazing and they've both grown up to be amazing fathers on their own um, we had you know we had struggles just like every other father and son had struggles um, but we got through all those times because there was always love and there was always respect mostly <laughs> uh, but yeah we fought through it, and uh, just like every other family. And I love those boys, and I love who they've become, and they've become amazing fathers on their own. Um, Levon came, and Levon was the first baby that I'd ever been a father to. You know, a tiny little thing that had to be fed and diapers changed and all of that, and we went through that for the first time, and that was amazing. Um, and Levon pretty much came out as a mini-me. He looked like me, and 
he was a mini-me from Jump. Um, and so when Levon was five years old, or we went and signed him up for flag football. And, of course, like the day after I signed him up and said I would help the coach, the coach quit. And I was called and I said, hey, will you be the head coach of this team? And I'm like, sure, I've never done it before, but I can do this. I know football. And uh, I coached him for the next 12 years playing football. Um, And those were some of the greatest times, you know. And when you, as a father, right, when you think about things that are important, right, spending time with your child is so important. So I had turned I turned down jobs that would pay me more money because I knew I wanted to do this. So I had to be home by five every day, and I had to be home on Saturdays. Um, and we just we did what we had to do to allow that to happen. And I would not have missed any of that. Those were the greatest days. Every day, I look forward to going out there and coaching my boy and watching him become a great player and watching him become a great teammate. And um, it's amazing. So always, you know, we found, you always can find that common ground, right, with your child that doesn't know, like Aaron has never been about sports, but he loves music and he loved video games and we found our common ground in there. You know, with Ali, it was it was football. And with Levon, it's all sports and music. Um, we were always able to find a common ground that allowed us to spend happy times together. Our family has grown um, from four when we first met. Cheetah and I, you know, most people started two. We started at four. But we've grown from four and we ballooned to uh, 11 here in Florida. And it was great. However, we did not know that we were going to grow again. Um, And that brings me to a story that I'm sharing for the first time to most of y'all. There's a handful of people who already know this story outside of my uh, my immediate family. Um, but we're going to share this to the rest of the world today. About a year ago, um, in April of 21, um, I got home from work and she didn't leave on. We're out. My brother, uh, Jeff, was home. So I, you know, we grabbed a, grabbed a beer. We were chilling on the couch. I think we were watching Barry, Barry, um, and just chilling. My phone rings from a bizarre phone number. Um, and I was normally I just go, well, I'm not answering that, but for some reason I decided I was going to answer the phone call. Normally, like I said, normally I wouldn't because I know my car's warranty is good. And I know the IRS isn't going to have a arrest warrant for me, so I'm pretty good. But I answered this phone call. Um, and on the other end of the line, there was a young man's voice that was a little shaky. 
asking to speak to me. Um, so I I said you you are speaking to him. Who am I speaking to? This young man said his name was Troy. And uh, he was very shaky. And I was like, what can I do for you, man? What's going on? Um, And so he went through this story about his mom and all of these things. And so... He also said that he had just completed a legacy tree DNA test that, you know, is designed to tell you your family tree and blah, blah, blah. And that he got my information from them because it said that either my brother, who happened to be on the couch next to me, or myself, were his father. And I was like, wait, what? So, you know, you like to think that <laughs> you, you know if you would have a son out there in the world. So I asked him what his mom's name was. He told me rang no bells to me. Um, And we went through this conversation for a little bit. And then finally I said, look, send me the report. Let me read the findings. And then I'll reach back out to you. So he says me the report. And the report was like his mom lived in Hoboken, New Jersey. And, you know, they had a ton of information about me, my brother, and our family, like ridiculous amounts of information, uncomfortable amounts of information for them just to put out there into the world. I I really don't like it, to tell you the truth, and not because of this situation. I just don't like the fact that it's out there like that. I I disagree. But anyway, I wrote him back saying, look, I've never hung out in New Jersey. Uh, My brother's never hung out in New Jersey. Neither of us recognize your mom's name. I I feel like this information may be some voodoo math, you know, like your fifth cousin matches my fifth cousin's a little bit kind of thing. But I said, hey, look, how about this? Do you have can you send me some pics of your mom? <laughs> and we laughed. Well, I laughed but right after I said it because it sounded kind of creepy. Um, I said, maybe that'll help. So he did send me three pics of his mom from three, it looked like different time periods that were close, but not completely close. Um and it still really didn't jar anything from me. I showed him to Sheeta, because um, obviously I had to tell her the story. Um, and she didn't recognize the name. She thought the girl looked kind of familiar. I mean, but she was blonde with feathered back hair, just like, you know, a million other girls in the 90s. Um, <clears throat> so I, 
I was like, no, I mean, I'm looking at it. I just, it's not ringing any bells to me. Um, so I sent an email, you know, and, and I sent an email back to him going, look, dude, I just don't recognize this lady. Um, and I understand, but, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but Levon was pressuring me to go do the DNA test to find out. Aaron also agreed with him, and then both of them kind of were like, you know, he needs to know if you're his dad. You know, you, what if you are his dad? You need to, he needs to know who his dad is. And I kind of, after they put it that way at me, I thought about it from Troy's side of things. And I felt like, yeah, I think I might owe it to him to at least do this. Even though I believe I'm not his father, I owe it to him to to do this. So we fast forward like eight months. <coughs> Excuse me. And I um, told Troy, I said, yeah, you know what? You want to do this? Then let's just go to do a DNA paternity test. Not this voodoo, voodoo math, as I call it, um, of 23andMe and those things where they, you know, they triangulate to try to get to, to places. Um, Troy agreed to do that. Um, and we went, he went to his place up in North Dakota. I went to my place down here in Florida. And the funny thing is the nurse that was doing my DNA test was like, why didn't you just bring the child with you? And I was like, because the child is 29 years old and lives in North Dakota. And she's like, whoa, my goodness. She's like, well, that's a little different than what we're usually doing here. I'm like, yeah, this is not um, a contentious uh, test here. This is a fact-finding test. So she's like, oh, that's so much nicer than usual. I'm like, yeah, it absolutely is much nicer than usual. Um, so we did it. And then four days later, I got an email with the results. Um, and while all along, I really wasn't very nervous about it because I was very sure that I wasn't his dad. When I saw that email with the attachment to it, a lot of emotions, different emotions came flowing over me. And I, you know, it became nervous and a lot of emotion, different ones. Levon came and jumped in behind me uh, so he could read over my shoulder and Sheeta was sitting next to me on the couch but she was just chilling over there. So I clicked on it, I opened it, scrolled through it and lo and behold at the bottom it said, we cannot eliminate you from being the father you are ninety nine point nine 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 the father of this child. So <clears throat> I was shocked and I and I guess I was I wasn't sh sure how to feel for a second. Uh, 
but because my wife was super supportive, my son was super happy, I became happy. Now, I understand when you're hearing this that um, this does not shine the best light on me, that I had a son out there that I was unaware of is not necessarily the 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 part that's because that can happen to anybody. However, the fact that I don't remember the mom, didn't recognize the mom, not a great look. I understand that. Um, and I own that, I guess. Um, but here we are, and I've got a new son. And with that son comes his beautiful wife and three beautiful babies um, who are now my grandbabies. Um, So with Troy comes Amelia and Theo, Charlotte, also known as Charlie, and Delilah. So I've now um, got this family that is now part of our family. Um, And we're very excited about that. Um, We've had uh, a couple of Zoom calls We've been texting back and forth, um, and it's wild, right? So a little bit about Troy. Troy played high school and college football. He's now a high school football coach. Um, He also sang in high school in the theater. Um, So while I had no contact with him for the first 29 years of his life, it's amazing how things work, right? How genetics work. Um, He's a football player that likes to sing. Imagine. (laughs) Crazy, right? It's just crazy. So the very exciting thing is is that my mom, Sheeta, Levon, and myself, the four of us are jumping on a plane and flying out to Fargo in the last week of July to go meet my son and his family. Um, And we are all super excited and it's going to be amazing. And um, my wife is great to have gone through this so um, supportively. She's like, you're bringing me more people to love. That's great. Um, And Levon is very excited to meet his brother. And his nieces and nephew. And it's going to be an amazing time. And we will document it, obviously, because um, it's going to be nerve-wracking, actually, a little bit. Um, So So to all the fathers out there, have a fantastic Father's Day today. Um, Surround yourself with your people and... Feel the love and think of all the things you've done to make your child happy and reward yourself with a nice cold frosty one and have a fantastic day. All right, we are up out of here. I'll see y'all next week. Be cool. Peace. To the honeys getting money, playing niggas like furries, uh.